Hello everybody and welcome back to our summer series where we are reviewing and watch alonging certain WWE events or in or like earlier WCW events. Uh, today Jim is here and our special guest, he's been on so many different episodes I can't even remember all of them. Uh, it is Josiah and today it's a cold day in hell. Yes. So right off the bat, Josiah, as a pastor, what do you think of the title? Uh, I actually liked it because Steve Austin uh, tied it into a promo later on, but we'll get to that. <laughs> All right, so we this is an In Your House, not to mention that. What is the date of this, Bill? It this is happened? May 11th, 1997. Okay, so I was definitely way deep into WCW at this point. Um, right, you know, so... so. Yeah, especially watching this. I, we'll get to it, but... All right, your announcers are Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. Now, wait, did either of you two remember this? And if you did, what did you remember? Uh, I remembered um, the main event. The, that was about it. the only thing I remember is the free-for-all match. Oh, my God! Oh. <laughs> where, oh. where they messed up Jesse James' <laughs> theme song on purpose. Really? Yeah. He was against Rockabilly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Billy Gunn. Because I've never seen this show, and the only thing I remember is when Jesse James was coming down, they were messing his theme song up, and it was speeding faster, and he couldn't keep <laughs> up. Bill, so he had uh, to sing faster. Um, what was the... So, this was a randomizer. Mm-hmm. We gave Josiah three random... Um, events. Do you have those three events up at all? I, I do. Okay, cool. Because I want to know, Josiah. First off, when I still when I was doing the video for the wheel spin or whatever the randomizer, when I got a cold day in hell, I was like, okay, it's gonna be this one unless something else. I mean, this is during the USA Canada storyline. Of course, the Canadians probably gonna choose this one <laughs> unless something unless friggin' Um, Canadian Stampede is also randomly chosen. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oddly enough, my reasoning for choosing it had nothing to do with Bret Hart. It was uh, which makes sense because he didn't really do. He wasn't. He was a backdrop on this. Really. Yeah. Uh, my my reasoning was a uh, Shamrock Invader because I was like, that looks like that would be fun, and I like work shoot stuff like that. So, what was his other two choices, Bill? His other two choices were Hell in a Cell 2014. And Extreme Rules 2015. Now, did you remember anything from either of those two, out of curiosity? No. Okay. I'm I, completely <laughs> out of my mind. Uh, when I saw this one, I knew a little bit about it as soon as I saw the name. Because, uh, I, I don't know, it, it seems like stuff back then was just more memorable. Right. Well, you also knew, like, a lot of times they'd have, in your house would have a theme. Like... Beware of Dog, which was Shawn Michaels against the British Bulldog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, um, I'm trying to think of another one. Um, I mean, there's a whole bunch. I'm just flanking out right now. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Our first match is Slash Funk versus Triple H. Yep. What did you guys think? I have here that, uh, Flash has. Six mouths to feed? Oh, yeah. That's said during commentary. Yeah. I missed that. 
because he has, well, obviously, by that, he has kids, so he's got to feed six little Flash bunkers, I guess. Now, is that storyline-wise, or does he actually have six kids? I think he actually has six kids. And he, Why, he was He was young then. Mm-hmm. Dude, he was only, like, 30. So. Um, let's see. They also mentioned, because this actually, there's a lot of, like, pop culture references, I think, in just this first match alone. Some mm. I don't even remember. Um, mm. They said how Hunter was apparently consoling with Kathy Lee Gifford after Frank Gifford had apparently cheated on her. And I wrote down, Hunter might have made out with Kathy Lee. All right. That's interesting to know. Yeah, I I noticed that too. And Jerry Lawler said that. And Jim Ross was like, oh, really? (laughs) Uh, We are also told during this uh, match that there are five seats reserved for the Hart Foundation. And as always, the front row, mm-hmm. even though everything's always sold out. And right. you're like, oh, <laughs> okay. It's, that's, uh, that's why they're always at the corner, because you can kind of set them aside from the actual front row where you're selling tickets. I guess that's true. Um, just uh, what do you got for this match? So uh, I, I thought it was, it was fine. There was nothing really special about it. Uh, China was still relatively new at that point, uh, like, oh, like just a few months in. And uh, she she was obviously a very important part of Hunter's act at that time uh, and like getting involved with the interference and stuff like that. And she would get big reaction from the crowd whenever she did anything, because she's very different from what you would expect for a, a female manager. Um, so I, I thought they were a very good act together. The match was fine. Uh, certainly until the main event or Shamrock Invader, depending on what you like, it was probably the best match mm. uh, but I, it was it, uh, well I wouldn't say best I actually I think I like the next one a little bit more but uh, I, I'd say I give it a two two and a quarter stars and you know perfectly fine uh, Hunter wins with his move the pedigree as he always does uh, I liked uh, Flash Funk hit an amazing crossbody in this match yeah I remember that it was just it was just a small little thing, but uh, Too Cold Scorpio was vastly underrated, and he only became a bigger star in Japan after he left the WWF here, and we went to I believe all Japan. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, exceptionally talented wrestler, and uh, it's just abundantly clear in this match that these two, if they were given a main event feud and both were allowed to be over, they would have had a really good match. Right. So, like you mentioned, Triple H wins. China beats up Flash afterwards. And then, <clears throat> say again? She dumps him crotch first on the top rope. Right. That was actually a good spot. I liked that. I did, too. And the crowd popped for it. Mm-hmm. So that means it worked. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I like that spot. It established her not only as very strong, but taking out anyone who was, she deemed... And needed to be punched in the junk. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so then we have a um, <clears throat> Ken Shamrock hype video and an interview. And I mean, let me, I'll be very clear right now is that I never liked Shamrock, even as a kid. Still don't like him today. I think he's ridiculously boring. And I think people that are like, oh, he should have been world champion are insane. <laughs> Why? He can't talk for anything. 
I, I don't think he should have been world champion. Um, however, that promo he gave there was atrocious. Yeah, because he's it, atrocious. <laughs> it was horrifically bad. Uh, I think he was a, an okay worker. I think, well, I think he was at his best when he was doing the work shoot stuff, not when he just became a guy who wrestled. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he when he's doing the very much so the the thrown kicks missions those kinds of things which is right. what he was doing in pro wrestling before he became a shoot fighter a real MMA fighter he was doing that kind of stuff in Pancrase and they had were some work shoots there in Japan uh, he was I mean this is the stuff he was good at but uh, yeah that promo was sucked the video was fine I thought that yeah was- I guess. But, but the, the promo was horrible. I'm still mad that in 2020, Impact Wrestling has decided to bring him aboard. <laughs> Why? Like, it's such a turnoff for me for that product. Impact Where, Wrestling Hall of Famer, Ken Shamrock. Just, you know what? Just me. I've been saying it for years. Just turned Impact Wrestling into an all-women's promotion. They're the better ones anyway there. Honestly, anyway. Yeah. That would be a bad idea. That would have been a good idea back when Gail Kim and Kong were on top. I mean, Except but they weren't as in the in the hole as they were back then. That's true, because they still had Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe and those guys. Right, and they can't really afford the, the big guys now, like maybe once. A, again, that's what annoys me so much they wasted their money on Ken Shamrock. No one's tuning in in 2020 to see Ken Shamrock. Let's make that clear. Um, because, like, at least spend your money on someone better. Anyway, we then have a Rocky Mayavia interview. Yes, not The Rock. Rocky Maivia. Mm-hmm. Right. He what was so pleased in that interview. <laughs> <laughs> he was not The Rock here at all. Uh, it was it was fine. There, it, but it was very scripted. You can tell this was written for him by Vince himself, more than likely. Oh, this is how you get over, pal! <laughs> Say this! <laughs> and uh, and it, it was fine. But you can tell the tide was turning on this guy. Like, the crowd, even in the match, the crowd did not like him. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they were behind Mankind, and Mankind was a top heel right now. Like, he, he was feuding with Undertaker. So, yeah. top, top heel Mankind. This is all leading to Kane coming in and all that kind of stuff, too. So, you know, he's involved in a, a major storyline, and they were cheering him over Rocky Mavia. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because I wasn't expecting to see a Rocky Maivia Mankind match on the show. That's for sure. No. And I thought it was a good match, though. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't, there was nothing wrong with it. Uh, it was, I, I would give it maybe two and a half, but I have to bump it up, up to two and three quarters because of that disgusting bump on the ramp that McFoley took with the rock mm. bottom. Mm-hmm. And he went up high for that move. He launched himself into the air. He was doing everything he could to try to make this this kid look good until the finish. And he killed him on the ramp with that rock bottom. Uh, yeah. That, that sucked. But uh, I love the finish of the match. Though. Oh, that was such a good ending. The finish mm. was so good. Oh. Uh, rock uh, went for a crossbody. And he hits it. But as he hits it, Mankind rolls backwards, carrying his momentum, and then puts him into a mandible claw mid-roll, and then forces him to pass out with the mandible claw in the middle of the ring, uh, countering the crossbody from the top rope. I thought that was spectacular. Mm -hmm. 
I agree. Finish. Now, I had here a line that I caught that had me actually chuckle because they talk about, I think here, like they start to look into his life, like mankind's life, or at least hmm. it sounded like they did. I think this is leading into the JR interview. Right. So they referenced how in the WWF magazine they had interviewed mankind and one of the questions was, what do you want people to know about you? And he said that I'm a good father. To which JR says, a father of what? <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> he should have said George the Rat. <laughs> Great one. Uh, poor George. So, so like you guys said, Mankind wins. And then we have Ahmed Johnson versus the Nation of Domination. And I was told before this, Josiah has a lot, so it's going to be a special presentation of <laughs> Josiah's one-man show. <laughs> Josiah, give us the entire breakdown and everything. So this match was an abomination. It was an abomination of domination. Well, well explain how how, how how this is how it was working. Because it's not like there's all three at once against him. Right. So I, uh, I thought it was a handicap match at first, but then it turns out it was a gauntlet match. And it was Crush... And Savio Vega and Farouk against Ahmed Johnson, with Crush being first, then Savio Vega, and then Farouk. And depending on... Ahmed had to run the gauntlet to get to Farouk, basically. That was the, the stipulation. If he lost before then, he, he wouldn't be able to go on. And right. uh, I thought it was a handicap match at first, uh, but I apparently wasn't listening very well to the commentary at the start of the show. Or they said it was a handicap match and changed their mind. I can't remember. <laughs> But um, really, that's about as good as the match got right there. So, yes, before it even started, it was just the graphic. That was the best part of the match. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ahmed Johnson comes out, and he's ready to wrestle Crush, who had a fake phallic symbol tattooed on his head. Uh, <laughs> and the this... This sucked right away. There was botches everywhere. Ahmed Johnson was sucking wind so hard within two minutes, I think the first four rows passed out. <laughs> uh, and it just kept going. It would not stop. They just kept going and going and going. And I was thinking, Ahmed's going to die of <laughs> oxygen deprivation here. Uh, and he eventually pins him, and then Salvio Vega comes in, and they go even longer. Right. And I'm like, at this point, this guy is going to die. And so time passes. They just keep wrestling forever. The sun starts to die in the sky. <laughs> the universe begins to collapse on itself, and this match is still going. And somehow, then, thank God... Savio Vega wallops Ahmed with a chair for a disqualification. Right, so you wasted all that time just to get a DQ just, for that it one. Was, it was like a good six, six, seven minutes they wasted just for the DQ. Mm -hmm. But, and it sucks so bad. And then Farouk comes down and he just starts laying it in and then he hits a dominator and pins him. And uh, uh, the Pearl River Plunge, uh, Ahmed hit that, but he botched it. Uh, <laughs> And he somehow didn't kill Farouk, thank God. But, like, like I, I've, I don't think I've... There are very few wrestlers who were trained 
who were as bad as Ahmed Johnson. Um, just horrible in the ring. And Crush is terrible. Savio Vega's okay, but he can't carry anyone. Sure. And Farouk was... Farouk is good, but, I mean, you're, wor- you're working with someone like Ahmed Johnson. I'm pretty sure Shawn Michaels might be able to get something out of him, but that would be with Ahmed just standing in the middle of the ring and Shawn literally running around bumping. Right. <laughs> 15 minutes. Uh, like, he would do nothing. Shawn would have done all the work. Um, but... I mean, this this match was just a disaster. Minus three stars, but just <laughs> just horrific. Not the worst match I've ever seen, but man, just dreadful, dreadful wrestling. Bill, what do you have for this? Um, well, I had, I, I don't know if Josiah mentioned it or not, but Gorilla Monsoon came down to the ring before the match, and that's right, that's ordered right. everyone to go up to the stage. And every time Crush was looking to hit them, he was like, come down, come down. And I'm like, weren't you just there? You know, with Gorilla. You idiot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I like how uh, Jerry Lawler said, well, Gorilla put a restraining order on them. <laughs> not sure how that works, but that was a pretty quick restraining order. I guess he's a judge. Right. Uh, JR has another interesting line. During the show tonight, he says, "Well, Jerry, you should know, Big Johnson is hard to handle." What? <laughs> I'm sorry, I just choked on my handle. water. <laughs> I, knew, I knew what you were going to say as soon as you started saying it. And I then, just choked on my water. <laughs> and then, um, they Jr. mentioned that Savio had sprained his ankle in Scranton the night before and i wondered if vega went to visit dunder mifflin that's <laughs> what i was just about to ask did he did he go see michael scott sitting in the sales department <laughs> a conversation with savio and dwight Schrute would have been very interesting oh god <laughs> um so like i said nation domination wins well farouk wins i guess the win and then we have vader versus ken shamrock now, I remember as a kid, like I mentioned a little earlier, really wanting Vader to win. Because <laughs> to me, here's this unwanted outsider. But I knew in my heart, even as a kid, that they're setting Shamrock out to win. And I wasn't happy about it. I, yeah. And, well, and I will say this. Vader worked very hard to put this guy over mm-hmm. in this match. He took a beating and he handed one out too yeah he did but, but like you can tell vader worked the the work shoot style before with uwfi in japan because that's what this match was it was a work shoot <clears throat> um and part of it was shamrock was i'm gonna grapple with you i'm not gonna actually submit you or anything like that but i'm gonna grapple and i'm gonna kick you and vader was like okay and i'm gonna punch you in the face <laughs> <laughs> and uh, vader um even at one point had a really nice transition to a rear naked choke of all things. <laughs> and, it, and it was like, you would never expect Vader to do that. But I mean, they were exchanging some like triangle attempts uh, or Shamrock was and stuff like that. There was arm bars and key locks and Americanas and Kimuras and, you know, all, all the standard basic MMA stuff that you got back in the day. I was, I was surprised at the triangle choke 
because that meant Shamrock had some training in jujitsu. He would have learned that probably from fighting Hoist Gracie. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And anyways, I just, if Shamrock wrestled like that, he would have been so unique compared to everyone else on the roster if he stayed like that. And we've already seen how that worked with Bobby Lashley in TNA. We saw how it works with Brock in WWE when he does that stuff. And because it's unique, no one does it. Right. And it, even Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe, when they worked that kind of that match at uh, Lockdown, when Joe won the title, <clears throat> and it was a good combo of MMA style with real, a uh, real fighting, you know, with uh, with uh, pro wrestling. And uh, and anyways, Shamrock suplexed the crap out of Vader all over the ring, and Vader went up for him every time, launching himself into the air, uh, which. Vader's a freak athlete, like 450-pound guy doing moonsaults. Uh, right. Just an absolute freak athlete. I love Vader. Just absolutely love Vader. And uh, I he worked very, very hard to get Shamrock over, and Shamrock held his own in this match. Uh, they both worked very hard. They both hit each other very hard. And uh, I, I don't know. I just loved it. I thought it was really good. Now this was like that was his like his first match in WWE, right? Yes. This one, not his first okay. pro wrestling match, but his first in WWE. Okay. He uh, he did he did pro wrestling in Japan before uh, before he went into MMA. Oh, okay. I don't think I knew that. Bill, what did what did you think? Um, I thought the match was all right. I had uh, a, a Todd Pettengill. Todd made a, a reference during an interview with Vader, where he's like, Vader. Intimidates a lot of men and Kuwaiti news reporters. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh my god, they're really yeah, just going that, forward. That just happened recently at that point. Yeah, yeah. And then, for, for, for those who don't know that story, just just look it up. Yeah, I, I, we can't do it justice. Yeah. Well, I think that's the other half of why why I probably liked Vader. I think it probably at that point because see, that's the problem. So. Let's talk about the Kuwaiti thing because, quite frankly, this event goes by real quick because it's only two hours. Yeah. So we have and, the time. And we're only like 22 minutes in. So. Right. And we only have one more match. So, can someone um, describe the, the Kuwaiti situation? Okay. Uh, yeah, I can do that. Uh, so, they did a tour of Kuwait, and there was an international incident. That happened, and it was a legitimate, made mainstream news international incident. Um, they went on a talk show, uh, him, Undertaker, and a few others. And Taker was sort of in gimmick, and they were asking questions about being real or fake and those kinds of things. And Taker diplomatically answered, well, we're, we're about entertaining the audience, uh, which real sports is, too. Uh, so, is you know, it? it? Sorry? Is it? Well, Cause, it's designed... Because it's designed, if it was about entertaining the audience, we'd have like an almost even score every single time. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is true. That is true. But, but in the end, it's still a form of sports entertainment. All sports are, in, in a sense. Um, they're not worked, but anyways. Right. Um, and uh, Taker was very diplomatic because Taker is really good at what he does. And he and which is can we point out real quick how weird is that that back then he was the one with the Undertaker gimmick to go there, right, right. 
I mean, and, now we're now we're used to seeing him all the freaking time talk normally. Seeing yeah. fucking tigers now and, 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 what, and the tr- what a disgrace. <laughs> he is a disgrace. He, he, stayed, he stayed in character, which was weird. Like, but especially on a, a Kuwaiti, a Kuwaiti, is that the right word? Uh, yeah. The uh, a talk show. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, then they asked Vader about it being fake. And Vader grabs the guy and slaps him around, basically, and threatens him. And he said, you know, well, is this fake? Uh, because Vader was a heel and Vader was very old school. Right. And I mean, he softened on that, of course, as the years have gone by um, before he passed and all that. He, he talked very openly with fans about working matches with Sting and all that kind of stuff and how he loved working with Sting and Ric Flair and all that. Yeah, I think he was even on one of those like table for three episodes. Yes, yes. And, and he's done shoot interviews and all that kind of stuff. And, and Vader, but Vader had a reputation of being a legit tough guy. And he, well, let's be honest, he was. Yeah. <laughs> He, he was legitimately one of the toughest men to ever wrestle. Um, and But he also had this kind of aura of threatening. Like, everyone thought he hurt everybody in the ring, although he only ever actually hurt one guy. Oh, gee, and, I wonder who complained about that. And, and it actually, it wasn't Sean. No. Was it, was it not? No. Oh, I thought uh, it was him. Sean did complain, but... Uh, when did Sean not complain those days? That's exactly. Uh, he actually, he, he um, broke a jobber's neck in WCW by accident. And, uh, was it the gambler? I no, no, uh, but it was, it was in a squash match and he choked slammed him and the guy landed right on his head. I think they even mentioned it on the T on the TV. Like the clip is on YouTube. If you ever want to watch it. Yeah, you you can find it. It's devastating. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Vader has actually gone back to watch the clip. Uh, they did it in one of the street interviews with him, and he was haunted by it. Like, like, like this clearly bothered him for years that he right. hurt the guy that badly. And, um, and, and then he found out in that shoot interview, the guy's okay. Now he's, he's, he recovered, he's working a job. He's living his life happily and healthily. Well, good for him. And, and it uh, is. yeah. Uh, and you, you should have saw the relief. He almost cried. Like, uh-huh. it, so Vader himself is like, uh, Leon White was a big softy, right? But, but Vader was a badass, <clears throat> and uh, the truth is, he had he felt like he had a reputation to uphold, and he felt like he needed to protect the business. So he attacked this guy, this um, interviewer in Kuwait, and he pr- the interviewer pressed charges, and Vader was arrested. Right, and I believe he was stuck in Kuwait for over a week because of it. In prison, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and then he comes back, and he's like, "Yeah, I took on the entire Ku- Kuwait government and all this kind of stuff." He beat the Kuwaiti government, just like how how Vince beat. What did he? Was Vince always say he beat Congress, the United States government? The the Supreme Court in the U.S. The Supreme Court, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. the jobber's name. I just I just found it. His name is Joe Thurman. That's the one. That sounds like a drink. Yeah, yeah Joe, Joe Thurman. Or no, actually, like more like a like cup, like a Joe Thurman cup. Yeah. Or retired football player. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I guess my point real quick before we get to Bill is I can 100% see kid me 
watching this and be like, yeah, Vader. So again, I don't know why I would be cheering for Shamrock at all during this. He's an unwanted outsider. To me, he's the bad guy here. Whereas Vader stood up for pro wrestling. That's true. Uh, like as a little kid, because I, I was um, 1997. Uh, I was more for Vader than Shamrock. So I, I was 11 when the show aired, and I would have cheered for Shamrock because I was more into just the whole like the baby faces, who the the heels thing, unless you were mm. Bret Hart. Right. Uh, <laughs> in which case, I was absolutely cheered the heel full on. But he was a baby face in Canada, so that's why it worked. Yeah. Right. But, uh, yeah, I uh, and I was more into WCW at this point as well. I will admit yeah. that uh, like Sting and Hogan. I was 10,000 percent bought in at that point when they were building the Starcade. I think around this time it was either Savage versus Page. Mm-hmm. That was or, awesome. Right. Or I feel like there was a period where Ric Flair was teaming at Rowdy Piper yeah, against like the Wolfpack. Yeah. Yeah, and like uh, Kevin Green got involved or something like that. I think that it, might even happen during the this opposite was, of this. This was when Flair and Piper were uh, teaming up with their the their group to take out take out the NWO. Right. Uh, so Piper was feuding with Hogan at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although Sting still was too, of course. Uh, they just stretched that out over the year. Which, but uh, honest, honest to God, a random thought: How did WCW not screw up Sting in that time frame? They, they, I mean, they, the, the, pay, the payoff sucked. Yes. Because, because, because Hogan either paid Nick Patrick off or Nick Patrick is just incompetent as a referee. And really, it's probably both. Yeah. I, I can see it being both too. Yeah. Uh, because he, because Nick Patrick was a terrible referee. Um, but the, yeah, like they did not rush this. They built Sting over that entire year. But, you know, it, like it was just very well done in that regard. Yeah. WCW was on a roll at this point. They were destroying the WWF, and and they should have been based right. on the majority of this show. Uh, and other than Shamrock and Vader and the main event of Taker and Austin, I don't think there was very much worth watching on this show. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, I mean, unless you saw that Rockabilly versus Jesse James match. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Five-star classic in it, three it minutes and 36 seconds. <laughs> um, Actually, we're going to get to it, but apparently, I didn't even realize this, but there was a dark match after the main event. Yes, which I've never seen. No, I haven't but either. That, um, that one actually could have been fun, but it was very short. I wanted to point out a couple of other things real quick from the Shamrock-Vader match. All right. The first one, which today, and when I mean by today, I mean today's product, you would never see this happen. No, they it, do it was... a promo for UFC's next pay per view. Oh in the yeah, middle of the match. <laughs> and and I thought, not, not... So go ahead. And I thought to myself, watching it, like, man, there would be no way today if you if WWE asked UFC to have them promote their next pay per view. There's no freaking way that would ever happen. Really you know what though? I think I could see a way that it happens. Yeah. I think if it's, I think if it's like, they ran out of Brock time, mm-hmm. and Brock's like, I'm gonna do a UFC fight, so I'll make an appearance for you guys, but you gotta promote my UFC match. I think you get it yeah. because apparently Brock gets what he wants. And the, the last time the WWE promoted UFC, 
was when Brock Lesnar fought. I think it was UFC 200 against Mark Hunt. That sounds right. And the UFC promoted WWE mm. on that show because they got Brock. Wow. It, it was a mutual agreement. And then my other note that I want to reference, and this one, I want to see if either one of you get this reference. Um, Vader's on the outside. JR and Jerry, they're talking. And I think one of them brings up about how, like, this fight is, like, of gladiator days and all that. Yes. And JR is like, have you ever seen a gladiator movie, Jerry? <laughs> and I, my first thought was the, in the, the scene in Airplane where the kid is in the cockpit with the pilots. And the pilot <laughs> asks, like, the most inappropriate questions. He's like, you ever been to a Turkish prison before, Timmy? You ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> <laughs> so, movie. so i i didn't catch that reference specifically but i did catch jerry uh waller's line and he said yeah they compare ken shamrock uh, to a gladiator calling him a modern day gladiator mm-hmm. he says well i wish he was from gladiator times because he'd be dead <laughs> <laughs> wow rough. like you know what that wouldn't wow, that wouldn't fly today that wouldn't fly today actually i, I I laughed, though. He was like, I wish he was from Gladiator Times because today he'd be dead. <laughs> you know, that's something I noticed now that you brought that up, Josiah. Jerry Lawler went after everybody on this show. No that is one true. was safe. Not even China. No, <laughs> uh, he went after everyone. Although I do, I did note one thing in this, though. When it came down to the serious part of Shamrock Invader, mm-hmm. Lawler started calling it like a shoot. He talked about how... Uh, when Shamrock was trying to lock on the triangle armbar, mm-hmm. and he said, "He said Shamrock's not doing enough to get the arm to hyperextend it." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> Where's this Jerry Lawler?" I was like, "Wait a second! Is this, that was Jerry Lawler that said that, not Jr." And Lawler, throughout that match, from that point forward, called it like a shoot. He was calling the submissions, <laughs> and I was like. And then he he made a reference to Anoki and Ali, mm-hmm. uh, Muhammad Ali, which was an actual supposed to be a pro wrestling match that turned into a shoot fight because they couldn't agree on a finish, and so they <laughs> they still went out there and Antonio Anoki kicked his legs for an hour or whatever it was, uh, and that messed up Muhammad Ali's speed for the rest of his career. Oh wow! Uh, I've always because, wanted to see that just to see if it's as bad as everyone says it is. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Maybe it's up on the New Japan World. I'll need to look it up and see if I can find it there. If it is, I'll I'll link you guys to it. All right. So Shamrock wins. Um yeah. So then we have the main event: The Undertaker defends against Stone Cold Steve Austin. I wrote down Highway to Hell, <laughs> and then wrote down that the Heart Foundation come through the entrance ramp just like any fan would. Um. Austin attacks Owen, Undertaker attacks the Heart Foundation. What do you guys have for this? So, um, the first thing I noted, uh, I got chills with Taker's entrance, and this seems to happen every time. Uh, It's just something about the way he walks to the ring. Uh, And and you can tell at that point, he was carrying himself like he was the man, because he was the man, he was the world champion. And uh, Steve Austin came out, and that those two at that point were the easily the biggest reactions on the card, other than China, I think, uh, beating up Flash Funk. Um, 
everything else, the crowd wasn't really very hot for much of the show, uh, which I guess goes to show how hot WCW was because you couldn't find a dead crowd with WCW at this point. Right. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a cold day in hell, so of course the crowd's going to be cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and Austin before the match, uh, they did a highlight video. So they showed under, uh, Undertaker choke slamming people. And Todd Pendingell called it a tombstone pile driver, which <laughs> he was channeling his predecessor, or uh, his uh, uh, Michael Cole, because Michael Cole's the one who came after him. Uh, not predecessor, um, successor. Right. That's what I Successor. Uh, Michael Cole, because Mike, I've seen Michael Cole call a kick to the stomach and an Irish whip a DDT before. Ooh, so, uh, fun. So there's very, very similar in that regard. Um, but, like, obviously these are the two most over guys. These were the real stars of the show. And right. Shamrock and Vader were positioned as stars, too, so they got a decent reaction. But uh, And Vader especially when he went for the moonsault. Um, <clears throat> but... Like Taker and Austin just had this aura compared to everyone else, and then, but even then, nobody got the reaction the Hart Foundation did when they came down. Like, Bret Hart was the man here, and he was in a wheelchair doing nothing. Right. He came what out. Was, where was this anyway? By the way, did we say that? Yeah, Richmond, uh, Virginia. Oh, Richmond, Virginia. Okay. And Bret came out, and he got heat, but the he got cheers too. It was it was like it was abundantly clear this was Bret Hart's company at this point, mm-hmm. even though he, he did hand it off to Steve Austin at WrestleMania 13. Mm-hmm. Right. Bret was the man here and everyone knew it. Taker may be the champion, but Bret Hart was the guy. And uh, and I think people really underestimate how over and important Bret Hart was in this transition period into the Attitude Era, um, because you can see the show had a lot of. Um, it was a mix between PG and PG-13 stuff. Right. Like the fireballs being thrown in the highlight videos with Taker and all that. That's pretty violent. Uh, PG-13 style wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, then you have Flash Funk, a cartoony character, or Rocky Maivia. Uh, and it was like this transition period was there, and, and Bret Hart being a heel with a real edge to him at that point as well. Like a very sharp edge to him. Uh, swearing a lot on TV, those kinds of things. It was um, it was just a very interesting period to watch, and I was very, very impressed with how uh, how over Brett was. I, I don't th- people really underestimate his value to the company at that point. And uh, I mean, that's just, probably mostly because WCW's like pretty much handily beating him. Yeah, yeah, I think that has something like, to do with that. And I know, I know Sean was really important at this point, but Brett was carrying this company. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, there was no question in my mind Brett Hart was carrying this company from 1993 until 97. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and not only carrying it, but doing a pretty darn good job uh, based on how over he was. Uh, because, again, when he came out and Brian Pillman came out swinging his, his crutch around like, uh, like he was going to attack a fan... The crowd was suddenly, oh, the real stars are here. Right. And there was a buzz in the audience, like, what's going to happen? And, uh, uh, yeah. Sorry, no, I was going to say, Bill, I want you to chime in, but you know what else I want you to do? What? Before we talk about the dark match, I want to know what was the opposite pay per view for WCW. Since, again, we have 
time. Oh. I kind of want to look at that and just see. I think I know, That's a good idea. I think I know what that would be. It would be Slamboree 97. Okay. So pull that up for after you give thoughts on The Undertaker and Austin. So, right. Um, okay. I This was my favorite match of the entire Oh, yeah. Hand oh, yeah. down. Great um, I noticed, and I even wrote it in my notes, you saw a little bit of stunning Steve Austin in, in, in the wrestling because he was yep. doing STF. He was, you know, he was using some technical wrestling, which, you know, I, I forgot. I mean, I remember seeing him as stunning Steve, but in 96, 97, when he's stone cold, you don't think about that, really. Um, it's not only that, he was good at it. Exactly. He was good before the knees, met, you know, went to hell. They, he was very good. I loved, and I even actually wrote, this is not the match I expected. Um, I loved the ending of the match where Austin hits the stunner. It's as if he's going to win. And then Pillman rings the bell on purpose. And then Undertaker goes for the tombstone. Austin reverses it into, into an attempt of his own tombstone and then reversed again by Undertaker to get the three count. And then I also had here, because J it seemed like Jerry Lawler on commentary takes credit for having Bret Hart finally see the light. Yes. Because yes. JR even mentions how Jerry does not make fun of Stu and Helen Hart anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, and I love, uh, I remember this specifically. First, it was how uh, Jim Ross said, Jerry King, how can you be so positive about Bret Hart? He made you kiss your own foot a few years ago. <laughs> and, and Jerry says, you know what? I'm not going to lie to you, JR. Me and Brett, we've had our issues. But that was before he started to see things my way. And, mm -hmm. and, he's, and he talked about how we started to get on the same page. And then he talks about Stu and Helen. And he said, well, you know, all I did was point out that they were old. And they are a bit old, even though he said much a bit. Old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then he said, and you know what? And today's Mother's Day, so I'm going to be nice to her. <laughs> my my favorite so thing, good my, so good my favorite thing jerry lawler ever did and i actually saved it in my favorites on youtube um there's a clip from superstars it's a yokozuna match and they you know they basically the entire match plug this 900 hotline to where you could have the wrestlers wish other people happy birthday and congratulations oh, and stuff. So he calls he calls this nine hundred number on air. Well, this was tape. This was okay. this was superstar. So theoretically on air. Right on air. He uses the Undertaker and Paul Bearer to sing happy birthday to Helen Hart, and, <laughs> and the way. And the way Undertaker says her name is so great, because Paul Bearer is like, Happy birthday to you! You know, and they keep going, and Undertaker's like, Happy birthday, dear. Oh, God. Helen. 
Happy birthday. <laughs> and then after it, they're like, if you would like to hear this again, please press one. Oh, and Jerry's like, yes, I want to hear this again. <laughs> you know what the mod, you know what's funny? That's like the, the old school uh, or the current version of Cameo. Oh yeah. my god, it was so funny. And, and, and it was during the entire Yokozuna event, which made, I, and, and I and no disrespect to Yokozuna, but this was a job where he was reading. So, it was like, <laughs> you, okay, go ahead, you can do this. And I'm totally fine. I should, send, I should send, I should get someone to send Bill a cameo, now that I'm thinking about it. I get Buff Bagwell. Oh god. <laughs> oh no. no. Um, uh, I'm gonna have to get a clip of that Jerry Lawler segment from you. Yes, I, I, will send it I, to you. I need to see that immediately. <laughs> I will send it to you when we're done. And then Wait. after the match is over and they've calm, you know, they've calmed down, Undertaker's going away, they're ending the show. JR is like, well, on behalf of the McMahon family, we'd like to extend our wishes to Rose Anderson and the family of Rose Anderson. She passed away last night. Uh, we're all thinking of her. Thanks for watching. Good night, everybody. I'm like, that was, oh I'm like wait a minute. Who's Rose Anderson? <laughs> yeah, I had to, I actually rewound it to try to see if I can figure out who it was, and I, I couldn't. But, uh, yeah, that was a weird finish to the show. Um, one thing I did note in the match, though, I, I had to scale back a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the start, Austin just went right after Owen Hart. I know uh, Jimmy mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I wrote in the Daily DDT Slack channel right after this, Steve Austin was the best babyface because he starts brawling with Taker, and then he just sees Owen there, who he was feuding with, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go get him. (laughs) (laughs) And he hits him. Then Taker comes out, and Taker rightfully stops Austin, throws him into the stairs, then turns around and hits Owen again. (laughs) I (laughs) loved that spot. They just both beat on Owen for no reason. And then throughout the match, Austin would go over to them and flip them off. And there was a segment where um, this is one part they didn't t- uh, we didn't talk about. Towards the finish, uh, Austin low-blowed Undertaker right in front of the referee. And Earl Hebner was like, what are you doing? And then Taker gets up and low-blows Austin. And Austin just drops like a ton of bricks. And they're both laying in the middle of the ring holding their crotches. That... <laughs> the poorly chosen words but uh the he's laying there and austin's pointing at himself at his crotch and earl hebner just flips him yes. off oh that was so good and, and the crowd pops huge for it and austin and taker are both baby faces here right so and it was a it was a world title match so you, you kind of let it go it's like hey he got you back i'm gonna i'm not gonna dq you, you you're you're even you both got hit in the crotch let's just go back to the match but uh I thought this was a really good match. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had to give a star rating to it, I'd probably say four and a half. Uh, right. And for Shamrock and Vader, I'd probably go three stars, something like that. But, but yeah, that I thought it was really great, and I love the finish. I love Steve Austin is just the best babyface ever. Um, he's so phenomenally great at everything he does, and Undertaker's Undertaker. Like, there's no one like him. Well, that's, yeah, that's when he used to be respectable. Yeah. Not like today, in my opinion. But, Bill, I can get you a cameo of, of an animal. Oh, God. Of Reuben the, <laughs> Reuben the Bulldog, Sophia the Pug. Oh, God. I'm excited. I wonder, like, can I put anything on these? Like, 
Or is there like, oh, you can? I only do happy birthday. I don't. I don't know how that works. Let me. All right. So, yeah. No, we. I enjoyed the match. Um, let's before we talk about the dark match and browse cameos. What was going on in WCW? Okay. I'm gonna check out Sophia the Pug. So Slamboree was the next Sunday. And okay, so just a week. So they had this. I'm looking at it. This is a packed card. Um, Steven Regal defeated Ultimo Dragon to win the television title. That was a good match. I would like to see really that. Good match. Yeah. That was. The scenes was really good. Medusa defeated Luna Vachon. Very weird. Don't remember Luna being in WCW. <laughs> yeah. Rey Mysterio defeated Yuji Yasuraoka. Okay. Glacier defeated Mortis by DQ. A match that's a gem anywhere. Okay. Dean Malenko defeated Jeff Jarrett, the state U.S. champion. Ming defeated Chris Benoit in a death match. Ooh. Oh, I need to go see that match. <laughs> The Steiner brothers defeated Conan and Hugh Morris. What a weird team. Why? Oh, yes, they were both Dungeon of Doom. That's that's right. Steve McMichael defeated Reggie White. The now, Bo- I guarantee you that a bunch of people ordered it just for this, but not me. Right. Because no, I, I don't do. care about the football players. And the main event... Here's another one. The main event, Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, and Kevin Green... Defeated Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Six. I definitely would have saved up my money and wanted to buy that one over A Cold Day in Hell. It's weird that the NWO is only in one match. That is strange. That is very weird. I guess they, because they would do that. Every once in a while, they'd be like, all right, our bigger, well-known, like our Hogan's and Savages, well, they only have a certain amount of dates. We won't use them here. I mean, like, there's no... Hogan, no Savage, no Page, no Luger, no Giant. Well, I think they were probably banking on the football players. Yeah. And there was probably angles they were involved in, I would expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, yeah, like, I, I can't see them not being involved in some segment. Uh, Ming and Benoit would have been good. Yeah, that sounds really... Especially a death match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they would have beat the crap out of each other. Uh, Demon Linko and Jeff Jarrett actually probably would have been really good, too. Um... Rey Mysterio is always good. Like, look at okay, look at the times on these matches. Uh, Regal and Ultimo Dragon was uh, 16 minutes. Mysterio and Yuji uh, Yasuroka was 15 minutes. Malenko and Jarrett, 15 minutes. Ming and Benoit, 15 minutes. Steve and Michael and Reggie White, 15 minutes. That is way too long. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, and Kevin Green against the NWO, 17 minutes. Which, I mean... As long as you don't keep Green in there very long or only get the heat on him, that's fine. Um, like, like every match there had potential to be at least decent, mm-hmm. except or for some like, weird spectacle. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Or it's like some spectacle. Oh, like you get your cameo from Gilbert. Plus, the Steiner brothers throwing Conan and Hugh Morris around would be a ton of fun. <laughs> like, and Glacier and Mortis is probably the worst thing there, but it's only two minutes long. So, and I would probably buy that over the for the football players. <laughs> yeah, yep. J- Jim would have turned it off after the Steiner brothers match. Well, no, because I would want to see the NWO destroy Kevin Green. <laughs> and to be honest, it's Ric Flair. 
You're it's Ric Flair, too. You're right. You're going to get something good because Ric Flair's in the match. Actually, it says here on the Wikipedia page, this was Flair's first match in six months. Wow. Uh, I believe the six months previous to that was after, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kurt Henning turned on him and smashed his head into the cage, and he sold it as an injury for six months. Mm. <laughs> Which, I mean, he was on the show. He was doing promos and stuff, but I don't think he wrestled. And I think he did take some time off for an actual injury around. But it's Ric Flair. You know he's going to come out. He's not going to be ring rust at mm-hmm. all. He's just going to go out there and be Ric Flair. No, I could get you buff for $50. No, thank you. He's a professional wrestler, actor, and spokesperson. I thought he was a gigolo. Like, I thought it was no, a... he's a spokesperson, Bill. Spokesperson. This video is for someone else. Wait, what's the... Oh, here, what's the occasion? Let me see what the choices are. My God. I, could get, I could have him send you a pep talk. <laughs> I could have him send you a roast. <laughs> I, would, I would like to hear a pep talk from Buff Bagwell. <laughs> uh, like, I gotta fly. Whenever Bill has, like, some kind of landmark episode for his show, he's gonna be getting a call from Buff Bagwell. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Gilbert's only $20. I don't know. Maybe you'll get Gilbert. He's less if you, money. If you get a call from Buff Bagwell, please, please, <laughs> please, please play it for us. Yeah, you <laughs> Like, part of me wants to do this just to, like, pay for it and then just have a special where we listen to all of the calls that we're made. I mean, it'll cost me a bunch of money, but <laughs> it might be worth it. But, okay, here's what I got. Before we get... And then at the end, we calculate how much money you spent. Yeah. <laughs> I have a problem with this guy, though, because I don't know who he is. Um, but he's saying he's a WWE superstar and a Hall of Fame pro wrestler, and I don't know if I know him from somewhere else. His name is Tony Rica. R-I-C-C-A. Uh, I believe he was a jobber. Well, he's a WWE superstar and Hall of Fame pro wrestler, a.k.a. the Pharaoh, Taekwondo world champ, MMA champion, music artist, Yo Tony, I guess that's his artist name, on all platforms, and then it gives him the, uh, gives you his, uh, his, I guess, Twitter, at Tony Rica WWE. <laughs> Yeah. He's $10. You know what you're saying? I'll get him for you. What does no, he offer? No, thank you. <laughs> oh, he offers pretty much the same thing. Oh, he can give you an announcement. Oh. Or a question. Actually, they're pretty flexible because they have other on here, too. Hmm. General greeting. <laughs> singing, find of you. singing of your theme song. I'm going to say, you know what? Maybe I'll have him send you a Mother's Day message. Just for the hell of it. <laughs> All right, Bill, what's the final match of this that we didn't see? Because it ends really weird. Okay, so we have another dark match. Well, I, well I, would you say it's another dark match? I don't know. Um, Owen Hart and British Bulldog defend the tag team titles against the Legion of Doom. LOD win by disqualification to send the people home happy. Now, here's why I question that. Are they happy because they saw a DQ finish, whereas you could have ended with The Undertaker winning? At least you got a, an ending for that, that one. True. And it was a dark match. Like, no one is going to know. So send the fans home happy. Have Hawk kill Owen with a, uh, a, a doomsday device. Or, or uh, um, 
Jim Neidhart, one of the two. Like, ha- have, have him, like, have them do the Doomsday Device and send the crowd home happy. Not that hard. Oh, I could get Josiah Bret Hart, by the way. <laughs> oh, that, that I would actually like. <laughs> He's too much, though. Too much for my blood. Okay. $150. Yeah, but he's Ooh, a lot cool. cheaper than MJF. Well, yeah, and we know why. Yeah, but that's for a good purpose, though. Right. I guess they all offer the same thing, by the way. Like, it's not like people have different choices of what they're willing to send out. You basically kind of just give them an idea of what you'd like, and then they do it for you, I guess. I mean, you can get Joey Ryan. Really? You can. Let me see how much he is. He's 50. That's not bad. Oh. We're going to get Jim Ken Shamrock. No. For $40. He won't even, he won't even deliver the message right because he can't talk. Oh, no. <sighs> I'm definitely getting you buff. Buff seems the most affordable <laughs> and the most well worth it. Well, now, unless I got the $10 guy, but we don't even know who he is. Yeah, who do you lose to? I have no idea who he is. Would he have been uh, a jobber? He had to have been a jobber. I, I, I mean, I, he says he's a Hall of Famer. I did a quick uh, Google search of him, and his own website came up, but I didn't do any anything more than that. Um. All right, so overall thoughts on a cold day in hell while I try to get myself with Cameo now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just uh, want to know what, who I want Bill to get a message from. That's all I want. It's, it's he's crazy. definitely not getting. He's definitely not getting Biggie. Biggie's one twenty-five. He's not even worth five dollars. Are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> oh, what a burial, Biggie. <laughs> he sucks because the new day is terrible. I'll give you this guy with the with the Pumbaa stuffed animal, Ernie Sabella. Oh, maybe he does Pumbaa. Maybe he's the voice. Maybe he's actually the voice of Pumbaa. Yeah, <laughs> that would make sense. That, that, <laughs> that seems. Why would he have a stuffed animal? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Pumba in the Lion King, $60. Who's, who's this guy with a stuffed animal? <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm not getting billed any of these sports people, because I don't know any of them. Uh, yeah, I, I thought uh, not a very good show, except for Vader Shamrock and the main event. The main event was really good. Uh, that was a very good match. Uh, Austin bumped like crazy for Taker, but he showed no fear, like a good baby face. Taker was a great... Taker, because <laughs> he's the only one that can be him. And uh, I, I had this is the one of the notes that I thought uh, as a, as I was watching it, I was like, this show is just dragging on forever uh, after the first three matches, which in reality was probably only about forty five minutes of the show. I was gonna say, which is funny because this is the shortest show on our summer series, mm-hmm. and and I just felt like the the first three matches were dragging, except for the finish in that uh, in the the uh, Mankind Rocky match. That was, I popped quite huge for that finish. For 35, but, sorry to interrupt, for $35, <laughs> I can get okay, you the Lapsed Fan Podcast. Yes, there we go. Give me, give me Lapsed Nash. Now, so uh, I, yeah, but then uh, Vader Shamrock happened and they beat the crap out of each other. And I was like, okay, that was fun. And then Taker and Austin was so good. By the end of it, I was like, that was a great show. And then I <laughs> thought about it, and I went, no, it wasn't. But th- that's really the story of the WWF back then was the main event scene was so good compared mm-hmm. to everything else. The undercard was horrible. 
just absolutely atrocious. 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 My uh, absolutely terrible. There we go. We'll use a better word for it. And go hell. Sorry. But yeah, final thought with that. The main event was so good, it left me enjoying the show. But if you go to watch it, watch the last two matches. Maybe watch Mankind and Rock. Uh, cause Just because like, it's weird to see it. Yeah. Because it's before, it, it, any of, before either of them really got anything. And, and you can tell Mankind was like, he was still very early on in his WWF career, but he was a top heel. But it, he was not full Nick Foley yet. Uh, he was still the Cactus Jack was still hidden in there, but uh, yeah, I it, it's worth watching. And the match itself was fine, and the finish was awesome. Like I I, I know we already described it, but you got to see that finish to that match. That was great. And mm-hmm. uh, the last two matches are they were very fun. The last two matches. Um, Bill, how is Kevin Owens less than B? I have no idea. He's Canadian. Is that what it is? I, I don't know. That's how I would say. Uh, I would say maybe he just set his rates lower. Well, they have Gerald Briscoe for $100. Oh, my gosh. Well, we, he's uh, been furloughed, so we know he needs it. Right. He needs the I money. I hit you with Mr. McMahon. All right, Bill. What if, if you got to send Josiah a message from someone, not who, but what kind of message would you, would you send to Josiah? Uh, I would send a, Ooh, what would I send? Uh, <laughs> I would say, I might send him a message from, if, if I get his phone number, I'll send him a message from Esther, the wonder pig. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm been... curious enough. I'm curious enough. I will give you my phone number. for that. <laughs> You've been really oinking it up at church. <laughs> well, here it is. I'm Esther. A 600-pound social media sensation with a life-changing smile. My dad thought I was going to be a mini pig, but boy, were they wrong. Life <laughs> was turned upside down, so much so that we packed up and moved to the country to start a farm. I got a pit more. Farm sanctuary. We share our adventures on social media, where our fans and supporters follow along as we show them the wonderful world of Esther. Hashtag kindness is magic. That actually sounds awesome. <laughs> it's pretty affordable, too. $40. Uh, Bill, so what would you send your son? Oh my gosh. You send him a happy Valentine's Day message? No. <laughs> uh, probably uh, a happy Canadian Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's right. You guys do have a different day than us, right, with that. Oh, yes. I could get you Jesus Christ for $28. No, that's dumb. You don't know. You know that that's not the real Jesus Christ. I know. I was... <laughs> <laughs> At least ask you the Wonder Pig. You know that's the real pig. Or how about real life Peter Griffin? No. Yeah. I don't like I don't like the accounts that it's someone playing someone else. Yeah. I uh what was I gonna say about the, the Canadian Thanksgiving? Yeah, ours is in October, and historically ours actually started before the US Thanksgiving. <gasps> they got Santa for twenty dollars. Well, it's it's the holiday season coming up next in, in July for Christmas in July. Right. <laughs> if it didn't pass already, I think it passed already by the time this airs, whatever. Yeah. Next Christmas, we'll send it to you. With, oh, can we get whoever, whoever that is? Well, who is it again? I'm sorry. Who is it that you said? Which one? The Santa. Christmas one. Oh, Santa. Yeah. Santa. Let's get Santa. I'm going to have Santa. 
I don't know. I just saw that there was Esther the freaking Wonder Pig. It could be anybody. Um, I'm going to get Santa this Christmas to sing you All I Want for Christmas is You. <laughs> I would pop huge for that. Um, okay, we're going to have final thoughts here in a second for me. I'm just browsing real quick the uh, the people that I can get. Like, I don't... Oh, I guess that is... I was gonna say, like, I was gonna say, like Jessica McKay. I don't know who that is, but apparently it's someone from WWE. Oh, hmm. it's uh, Billy Kay. Oh, oh I probably uh, don't really know. Who it is. No wonder why I don't remember who it is. Um, for sixteen dollars, I can get you Nikki Tilly. She's a barrel racer. Ooh, can you give me the description of Nikki Tilly? Uh, blonde haired. Blue eyes. Uh, looks young, like twenties, early twenties. Wait, there's no. I just read you an Esther the Wonder Pig description. You're gonna tell oh. me this woman? Hey, okay. Hey, y'all. Nikki Tilly here. <laughs> I would love to give you or someone you love a shout out. Remember to keep the faith. If you love the video I do for you, a tip is greatly appreciated. <laughs> I feel like maybe we should do a special on like the ratings of some of these cameos like people that have actually gotten these and what they like i was looking at buffs all buffs is positive which is a great sign but there's got to be some there's got to be some of these people that are negative like that, that reminded me someone paid vince russo to to uh roast one of the uh groups i'm a member of uh one, <laughs> of, the, one of the observer groups oh, no. <laughs> and it was actually a very i could tell it was it was actually, oddly enough, in good fun, even though he, um, he, well, Russo's an idiot. Oh. It, but, uh, but what he actually said was funny. And, and I, I was like, you know what? I got to have a sense of humor about that one. That was, what he said was really, really funny and was obviously said tongue in cheek. He didn't actually mean it. So, uh, <laughs> like, uh, he, but he was burying us for, um, for being, uh, well, for, inside uh, Russo people. Yeah, he was burying us for being inside and and uh, uh, being a, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, guys who relied on Meltzer, even though we're not. We just like Dave. <laughs> I like Dave too. He's a good guy. He's a good and honestly, any time I've spoken with him, genuinely, genuinely very nice person. Hmm. All right, so my final thoughts on Cold Day in Hell, like you guys mentioned, it, <clears throat> I don't think this is like when they're playing the best of in your houses. I'd be surprised if any of these matches actually makes that compilation. Um, Same. It had. I'm not going to say it was terrible because it wasn't. It wasn't Battleground 2016. That's for sure. Um, which was also on our summer series. Or is going to be on our summer series, one or the other, <laughs> uh, depending when this airs. Um, I will not watch that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Please. Uh, there was like one good match, and then I played. I played Uno during it. I played. <laughs> I checked my turnip prices on Animal Crossing during it. <laughs> so, if you want to, if you're looking for a positive spin from me on uh, on Battleground 2006, that's not it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's just there. It's just there. It's not bad. It's not, 
It's not terrible, but it's not great either. It's just kind of there for me. I don't it's, know. it's really a, a very accurate picture of what the WWF was in 1987. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, just uh, why don't you give us some final plugs, and then we'll uh, we'll head out of here. Um, well, and then after my final plugs. All right, so final plugs. Uh, you can check out my writing at dailyddt.com. When this airs, it'll long be gone, but I just recently recapped Double or Nothing or AEW, which was a great show. Uh, and I also write for wrestlingobserver.com, although there's not a lot to write about at the moment. Uh, and I cover NWA Power there. And you can also check out um, myself on Twitch at WR underscore central on Twitter, WR underscore central, pretty much everywhere else. You can find me there. Uh, give me a follow. I'm always willing to talk wrestling or life or anything. So shoot me a message and we'll, uh, we'll chat. Or life. Interesting. I talk life. You know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess that's true. I'm still waiting what, for my prayer from that guy. What are, what are, what are, what are uh, you know, our COVID episodes were, all, all life talk. That's true. That is very, very that true. Is, hey, good though. No, I was agreeing with him. That is, we did have. I think I might have figured out one more, another group to possibly send you, the Cardogians. <laughs> the description is Derp, Senior Rescue, and by the way, Derp, Derp is a hundred percent real. That wasn't me. It says Derp, D E R P, Derp, Senior Rescue, NYC, Kimchi, Spicy. Cupid, emo Chloe, five eleven oh four. What the fuck am I reading? I guess I'm the name of the dog. Who names their dog five eleven oh four? What? No, you're right. Probably Kim. She's supposed to be Kim, and Chloe's obviously Chloe of the Kardashians. Yeah. Um, five eleven. I guess this is when they were. It can't be when they were born. Oh. Five eleven oh four to seven ten eighteen. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know what that means. Rainbow symbol. Email, email Chloe Cardogian at gmail.com. Hashtag derp. Hashtag dogs. Hashtag adopt don't shop. Cool. $5, Bill. Hmm. For the Cardogians. <laughs> Normally, as soon as you say cats, like cats or dogs, my roommate's cat usually t- tends to enter the room. I don't know why. You know, maybe your roommate's cat should freaking get on Cameo. Really? I should consider it. He does talk quite often. He meows all the time, so maybe I could do something with it. <laughs> Cardogians. Bill, which is your favorite Cardogian? Is it <laughs> Chloe or Kimchi? I'll go Kimchi. Okay. All right. Like I said, it's overall just there for me. You can find me at thatspodcasting.com. And that's podcasting on Instagram and Twitter. Let's head out of here, Bill. All right. Um, I, I just want to say real quick, thought the show was eh, but that main event was really, really good. It's at least worth going out of your way to see. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at House of Bill. Follow me on Instagram at MrBilliam85. And check out that wrestling show each and every Friday. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, We've had a cold day in hell, and we're now going to go thaw out. So we'll talk to you guys later.